How do you perceive God when a tragedy strikes? Do you judge God's character on the basis of his actions or do you judge his actions on the basis of his character? The tendency of judging God based on what we can see him do is a very bad habit. When God, for instance, allows your beloved children to die in an accident, or when other tragic events happen to you, you get angry and ask God, saying, If you are a loving God, why did you let such a thing, such a horrible thing to happen to me? You start to think badly of God and criticize him by saying things like, Look at what God is like. He's harsh to me. He's unfair. Welcome to Valleys of Life. Billy Graham once said that uh, mountain tops are for views and inspiration, but fruit is grown in the valleys. For this reason, this podcast is devoted to encouraging listeners who are going through tough times in the valleys of life to boldly face the challenges they face in these valleys with hope and courage because there is growth, just like Billy Graham said, there is growth in the valley and there is growth even in the valleys of life. There is also hope because the God of the mountain is still God in the valley. The God of the good times is still God in the bad times. And the God of the day is still God even in the night. My name is Justus. I live in Kampala, Uganda. In this episode, we will be focusing our attention on how to view God when a tragedy strikes. Everything we'll say in this episode will be geared at answering the following two questions. Should we judge God based on what we see around us? Or should we judge God based on what we know about his character? If you are interested in this episode, please hang on and keep on listening because I believe by the end of this message, your faith in God will be strengthened and you will be able to see how by the grace of God you can cast your burdens upon the Lord very much assured that the Lord cares for you and you will see how you can be able to sleep even in the midst of the storm by the grace of God. With this in mind, let's now dive right away into this episode on how should we view God when a tragedy strikes. How should we view God when a tragedy strikes? In the book of Job, we read about Job's prolonged suffering. Along the way, Job got to a point where he judged God based on how he thought God was treating him or based on what he thought God was doing in his life. Now, before we continue any further, I want to make it clear here that the tendency of judging God based on what we can see him do is a very bad habit. The tendency of judging God based on just merely on his outward actions is a very bad habit. Now, this bad habit of assessing God based on his actions can be illustrated as follows. When God, for instance, allows your beloved children to die in an accident or when other tragic events happen to you, 
you get angry and ask God saying, if you are lo loving God, why did you let such a thing, such a horrible thing to happen to me? You start to think badly of God and criticize him by saying things like, look at what God is like. He's harsh to me. He's unfair. This is how Job began to perceive God after a lengthy period of suffering. I want to remind you here a quote that I had from uh, uh, one of my professors, uh, Dr. David Eby, as he was teaching uh, the book of Job. He said, judge God by the knowledge of his character and not his character by his dealings. I want to draw your attention right now at a poem that I came across, which is entitled Edward's Anecdote. This poem was written by poet Lurette Donald Hall. And in this poem, Lurette Donald Hall tells an, an incident he read in a newspaper about a father who beat his one-year-old daughter with a broomstick. And he says, I'm reading the poem, Breaking ribbone, and as she screamed, she kept crawling back to her father. Where else could she look for comfort? Now, the father whom um, the poet is describing in this poem, who is beating the girl in this poem, is a drunk man. He's a drunk father. But God doesn't get drunk. But in spite of this fact, we have to sadly, uh, to, to amazingly and uh, in perplexity, admit that the cruel conduct of this drunk man and the way God seems to have been treating Job appears to have some disturbing similarities. You remember that God through Satan inflicts horrible pain and suffering on Job to see if Job will come crawling back. Compare the verse from Hall's poem that we saw earlier in just a few minutes, a few seconds ago. Uh, compare that verse with Job's complaint against God that we see in Job chapter 30 verse 18 to 21. In this passage of scripture, God is saying, and I'm reading from the NRSV, speaking of God, Job says, with violence, he says is my garment. He grasps me by the collar of my tunic. He has cast me into the mire, and I have become like dust and ashes. Now listen to these words. I cry to you, and you do not answer me. I stand, and you merely look at me. You have turned cruel to me. Now, obviously, Job here was judging God based on what he could see. There is another incident in the Bible in John 11 verses 5 to 6 where we are told that here is what scripture says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in a place where he was. Now, the fact that Jesus stays two days past Jordan, as if he doesn't care about Lazarus, who was like someone in an ICU, in an intensive care unit and about to die, 
and the fact that the evangelist John in John chapter 11 verses 5 to 6 says that Jesus Christ loved Lazarus and his sisters may seem like two contradictory facts. Why? Ideally, we would have expected Jesus of whom it is stated that he loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus to act swiftly and rush to the rescue of the sick Lazarus. Because naturally, love prompts swift action in such an emergency. But surprisingly, Jesus stayed right where he was for two more days and only left to go to see his friend Lazarus after he had died. Now, since Christ is the perfect manifestations of God and of God's love in its fullness, his delay further illustrates the fact that we shouldn't judge God's love based on what we see around us. In the previous case of Job, Job continued to judge God based on what he was seeing him do. And he viewed his suffering as an injustice from God. We see him even uh, requesting for an opportunity to defend his case against God before an impartial judge in, in Job chapter 23 verses 3 to 7. And Job was doing this and asking to meet God in, in court before an impartial judge he with the belief that he can win. But friend, it is surprising and is important to note that as Job's knowledge and understanding of God grew, Job's mind and heart changed. He stopped judging God's actions based on what he could see and started judging God's actions based on what he knew about God's character. And I think uh, the quote I came across some time back from uh, James Montgomery Boyce, one of these, uh, one of my beloved theologians, I think is very timely at, at this point. Uh, James Montgomery Boyce said that learn to interpret circumstances by the love of Christ and not Christ's love by circumstances. And in the middle of his protracted suffering, Job was able to exclaim as his faith in God grew. He was able to exclaim and say as his knowledge of God grew and as he stopped judging God's actions based on what he could see and started judging God's action based on what he knew about God's character, Job was later on able to exclaim and say, I don't understand what God is up to in this terrible tragedy that has befallen me. But I don't need to understand what God is doing in all these things because I know God and he cannot do anything that is unjust. He cannot engage in any unjust behavior. He cannot do anything that isn't for my benefit and his glory. No matter what happens, God is the righteous judge and he's still sitting on the throne. Job's hope and faith in God grew to a point where it became rooted only on God's inherent perfection, which is revealed in his word, and not on what Job thought or saw God was doing based on his own observations. This is 
the account of how God saved Job with good theology. And this is how God can graciously uphold your faith too in the midst of life's tragedies. And he can do this only with good theology. This is how important it is to have good theology in your Christian faith. Your faith in God shouldn't be based on how you feel or what you see. Instead, it should be based on, on your understanding of God's character. God loves you. He's just. He's faithful. He does no evil. Tragedies that God brings your way might be perplexing. That for sure is sometimes the case. And you may not know what God is doing in your life. But you can trust this one thing. You can trust what God is doing based on who you know God is. So your faith in God shouldn't waver even if what he's doing in your life seems illogical or when God's ways do not seem to make sense to you. You may not know what the future holds, but if you know the God who holds the future, then that's enough and this truth should calm you and calm all your fears and anxiety. By God's grace, this unwavering trust in God that is based not on your feelings, but rather on your understanding of who God is, gives those who love God and are called according to his purpose the assurance that all will be well and that God will make everything work out for our good, no matter how uh, complicated or confusing things may seem to be. And having this kind of faith in God can help you sleep even in the middle of a storm. Thank you for being with us today. I hope you'll tune in in our next episode for more inspirational and soul-searching messages from the Valleys of Life. For more information about Valleys of Life, please visit our website at valleysoflife.com. <music>